Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. What's up, TC? Let's give it up for Jesus one more time all over this place. Listen, I saw some of y'all. Listen, this, this song used to be y'all's jam because y'all were just bobbing their heads, right? And so... uh Hey, listen, if I haven't had the chance to meet you just yet, my name is Rick Rodriguez, and I am on staff as one of the pastors here at TC. Um, and oh, thank you guys. And so uh, but before we go any further, I do want to do this. Uh, I want to give honor where honor is due. And I just, guys, can we give it up for our lead pastors, Pastor Brad and Miss Ashley Livingston? Um, I absolutely love them, and it is an honor and a privilege to serve underneath you guys and help carry the vision and the mission of TC. Um, you really are, the, to me, in my opinion, I've been under some of the best pastors I've ever been under. And so I, I just love you. Um, I love our team from Pastor J.O. in the back to John to Nate, uh, man, to so many folks, Justin, everybody. All right, we have a phenomenal team. And it is an honor and a privilege, Kyle, uh, just to work with these guys. So can we just do this? Give it up for our staff real quick. They're great. Fantastic. All right, so look, I love summertime. And even as a kid, I love, now I'm gonna be honest, as an adult, I'm not so much a summertime fan because the kids are home. You know what I'm saying? I got 15 year olds, and so they eat me out of house and home, all right? So, but as a kid, I love summertime. And the reason why was because I got a chance to go on vacation with my parents, right? Um, there was no school at all whatsoever, and I loved to swim. Anybody else back in those days loved to swim? Listen, growing up, we didn't have a pool. So we were just going to like on vacation to the city pools and all this other stuff. And so I remember going to the pools and we would take a boom box and we would play that song all the time. Now, for those of you guys who don't know, a boom box is a box that was about this big. And it was something that we would play music on. Now, now, music was played not by your phone, but by a CD or a cassette, okay? A cassette, a cassette is like this little thing about this big, right? Listen, my kids, they have it so good, don't they? These kids nowadays, they have it on their phone. They got Spotify. If they want to listen to the song again, all they got to do is what? Hit a button. Come on, all of us here born in the 80s. Come on, listen. That cassette, when you had to stop and then rewind and you had to count. One, two, three, play. Like, no, no, that's still the chorus. Let's rewind again, right? So... Absolutely crazy, but man, I love I, I love summertime because of all the swimming that I got a chance to do. I remember I was like eight or nine, and we were on vacation, and we were at the we were in the hotel room, and my dad's like, "Yo, let's go hit the pool," and I'm like, "Yes, absolutely, I'm excited." So I put on my goggles, I got my floaties. I'm like, "This is going to be it. It's going to be awesome." Get to the pool, and my dad switched it up on me. Because my dad said, "My dad said, hey, today we're going to learn how to swim." I'm going. Okay, that's fine. You know, he goes, we're going to take off the floaties. And I'm like, not today, we're not. You know what I'm saying? This is like my comfort zone, right? And so my dad says, take them off. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, okay. So I began to take off my floaties one by one. And then my thing is this, we didn't move. Like We were standing like on the edge in like five foot of water. And I'm thinking he was going to walk me to the, you know, the beginning of the pool where the stairs are so we can just kind of tiptoe in. My dad knelt down and was like, hey, listen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to learn to swim today. And as you go into the water, I want you to listen to my voice. And I'm going, 
what do you mean? Like, you want me to listen to your voice, right? And so he goes, are you ready? I go, ready for what? And he goes, we're going to learn today. One, two, three. Just throws me in to the deep end. And anybody else learn to swim like that? Listen, I thought I was dying, right? I'm swallowing gallons of water, and my dad is yelling stuff from the, you know, from, from the outside. I don't know what he's yelling. And I'm like, you're trying to murder me. Somebody called DHR. You know what I'm saying? Like it was absolutely insane. I go under, my dad jumps in pulls me out, and now he pulls me outside the pool, and, and I'm doing this, <laughs> right? My dad is like, hey, hey, listen, breathe, relax. When you're in the water, kick your feet. It's going to be okay. Breathe. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is over. We're done for the day. What will happen is we'll go back inside. It'll be great. My dad takes about another 30 seconds to another minute or so. He goes, are you ready? I go, for what? Another attempted murder? You know what I'm saying? Like, what the heck? And so here we go. One, two, three. Whew, throws me in again, deep in. I'm, I'm scratching, pulling everything that I can. I go under. My dad pulls me out, does it all over again. Ricky, breathe, relax, breathe, relax. Give me about 30 more seconds to a minute. Throws me in. This happened for, it seemed like all day, but probably about the fourth time I began to learn how to kind of doggy paddle. And so, and I'm like, you are the worst dad ever. <laughs> so, uh, but I remember that day I was, I was freaking out. Looking back as a parent, I can see where he was going, but can we agree in the moment I just couldn't see it? Here's what I kind of learned to realize when it comes to me, and now I've been doing this for about 20-something years, and this is kind of, the kind of a statement I've learned, is this, that what we magnify or what we focus on, we magnify. And in this one moment, I was so focused on not dying, right? And so can it, in there, isn't this true? There's a difference between panicking and swimming. And for me, I was so focused on panicking that I forgot the lesson that, that what my dad was trying to teach me. And if I would have just listened to his words, kick your feet, relax, move your arms, right? Settle down, Ricky, settle down. Again, what we focus on, we magnify. Now, it, now, maybe I'm the only one, but have you ever began to be so fixated on this one thing, a problem, situation, maybe even a person, that you forget to do everything else? And what happens is, is that that one thing, that one object doesn't become bigger in itself, but in your mind, it begins to be really, really big. And we make something so small become so big, right? What we focus on, we magnify. I want to show you a story in the Bible, John, John chapter 5 of a group of people, literally hundreds of people, that they were focused on this one thing and they missed, in my opinion, they missed their miracle and they missed what God can do in the lies. John chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. You can follow along with us on our screens or also in your notes. John 5, uh, going to start in verse 1. Let me give you just a little bit of story here. Uh, up until this point, Jesus has turned the water into wine and now he has healed an officer's son. So now we're headed to Jerusalem. Here's what it says. It says this, later Jesus went to Jerusalem uh, for a special feast. In Jerusalem, there was a pool with five covered porches, which is called Bethesda in the Hebrew language. The pool is near the sheep's gate. Many sick people were lying on the porches beside the pool. Some were blind, some were crippled, and some were paralyzed. And they waited for the water to move. Let me set the scene here. Hundreds of people gathered to this one pool. This is, listen, the group of people here were some of the most sick, desperate people, had ailments, they were blind, paralyzed, all this other stuff. 
okay? Back in those days, doctors were scarce, okay? Uh, they, they didn't know what we know now. They didn't have Google back in those days. Come on, somebody, right? So anybody else kind of just Google your symptoms? Anybody else? Been, am, I, am I the only weird one? Literally, I've been on death's bed for the last, like, seven times this year. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of Google stuff. So they didn't have that. Doctors were scarce. Here's this one moment. They're all gathered here. Now the question is why? Why would hundreds of people gather to this one pool? Well, this is a little tricky. Depending on your translation, some, these, some translations, they begin to omit verse 4, especially the newer translations, because they realize that it doesn't keep to the original text. Okay? So depending on translation, verse 4, here, here's the reason why. Because it, is, it had been told that a, an angel would come down, touch the water, stir the water, and when that happened, the first person into the pool will be healed, okay? Now, again, the Bible doesn't teach that. That was, that was a legend. That was a superstition. So hundreds of people will flock to this place. We pick up on, on verse 5, and here's what verse 5 says. Every translation has this. It says, there was a man here who had been sick for 38 years, lying there, and Jesus knew that he had been sick for such a long time. Jesus asked him, do you want to be well? The man said, the sick man answered, sir, there was no one to help me get into the pool with the water is moving. While I'm coming to the water, someone always gets in before me. Then Jesus said, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And immediately the man was well. He picked up his mat and he began to walk. In this story, I, I, see, I see two sermons, okay? I'm going to focus on the second one. But here, I think the greatest message of it all is that Jesus surpassed and said, hey, listen, it doesn't, Jesus is greater than any superstition, any fail, any, any tale, fable. It doesn't matter. He says, listen, I'm greater than those things. I'm, not, I, I'm bigger than magical water, right? You can put your faith in me that can heal, that can forgive all sins, that can do everything. You can put everything, all your faith, all your trust in who I am. That's the greatest message from this passage here. But I want to focus on another part that I began to study and read that kind of just blew my mind. Here in this one moment, hundreds of people are there, but only one gets healed. Only one. Everybody's fixated on this pool. They're sitting there, focused on this one thing. Anybody ever got tunnel vision before? I've been there. I have a, I have a four-month-old blue, uh, little blue bully. His name is Blaze. This dog is beautiful. Also, probably the dumbest dog I've ever had in my life as well, right? And so, uh, but there's something about it when I get a hot dog and I cut it all up and I have one part in my hand. Now he knows it's time for command training. The moment I rip open that package, he comes running up and he sits there waiting for me. I put the hot dog in my hand and here's what he does. If I go up, he goes up. If I go down, he goes down. If I go right, he goes right. If I go left, he goes left. All of a sudden, drool begins to come out of his mouth because he's so fixated. I can begin to walk this way, Blaze moves this way. If I walk this way, Blaze moves this way. Doesn't matter who calls him. Doesn't matter if any dog, other dogs run around. I move my hand, he's doing this, right? Fixated on this one thing. All these people were just like that, to me even worse on this pool, that they missed the Savior, the one that created the water as he was walking and navigating through how many times for us have we missed something like that? We've been so focused on something and we've missed God trying to do some great things in our life. Verse 14, Jesus has another conversation with this guy and he says this. He says, do me a favor. Hey, go and sin no more. Because if you don't, something, if, if you keep sinning, something else worse will happen to you. So this tells me that, that one verse tells me this. 
that Jesus was more interested in who this man was becoming rather than what he was doing by the pool. And I'm going to say that to us today. Looking back at my dad and him trying to teach me how to swim, my dad was more interested in the swimmer that I was becoming rather than the boy that was panicking. I want to tell you that today. Jesus is more interested in who you are becoming than what you are doing. Men, can I tell you this? Jesus is more concerned in, in, in the man that you're becoming rather than the title that you're chasing. Ladies, can I tell you this? Jesus is more interested in, in the woman that you are becoming rather than the relationship that you're pursuing. Christian, can I tell you this? Jesus is more interested in the Christian that you're becoming in private versus the Christian that you portray in public. Jesus is more interested in who we are becoming rather than what we are doing. Parents, Jesus is more interested in the parent that you're becoming rather than the, than, than the dollar that we're chasing. So I'm here to tell you today, guys, listen, when it comes to God and the gospel, Jesus is more interested in who we are becoming rather than what we are doing. That day, this one man canceled his pool party. And I want to give you three things today that, we, that I believe that we could do to cancel our pool party and to have some of the most amazing encounters with God. Number one is this, if you're taking notes, let me tell you this. Number one, the first thing that we have to do today is this, that we have to identify your pool. You have to identify your pool. John 5, verse 2 says this, In Jerusalem there is a pool with five covered porches, which is called Bethesda in the Hebrew language. In this one moment, John gives us the name of the pool and even gives us a brief description of it. Can I ask you this? What is it that, it, that, that is in your life that you focus on more than God? Identify that. Now, can I be honest? Sometimes that's, it's, it's a lot more easier to say than do, because I don't know about you, but I hate when I have to call out own stuff, my own stuff in my life, or, or am I the only one, right? Can I be honest? I hate it when my spouse does it. You know, come on, what's, what's up my married folks at, right? Look, there's been times where I can walk into the house, and yes, I may not be the perfect husband. I may walk in, and I may catch an attitude with my wife. I may be a little snippy with her, right? And then my wife, if you know her, we're two totally different opposite people, and she can speak fast, and she's very direct, and she's very vocal, and she'll say something like this, and she'll go, oh, well, I see somebody missed their prayer time today. Excuse me? You know what I'm saying? And she goes, do we need to take a moment to go spend time with the Lord before we have some more conversations? And I'm like, girl, I will throat punch you in the name of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm just like, yeah, whatever, you know? And so, but can I tell you the truth? She's right. She's right every time. Because there's moments where if I miss it and I miss my time with God, all of a sudden my kids feel it and I take it out on my wife. So she helps identify the pools in my life. And I believe for us, we have to identify. And let me give you some pools that, I, that I'm just going to just throw out there. Maybe this hits for you. Maybe it doesn't. I will say this. Number one, some pools could be your career. Can I be honest? That's been one of mine. You're like, how is that possible? You're a preacher. Because here's, here's the deal. Sometimes I can chase God to preach, not chase God to have a deeper relationship with him. That it becomes a job, not a relationship. Maybe, maybe your pool could be a certain sin in your life. Maybe your pool could be insecurities. Maybe your pool could be fear. Maybe your pool, uh, how about this, could, could be a, a relationship. Maybe, maybe your pool could be finances. Identify your pools. Because here's the deal. Write this down in your notes. We have to identify what we glorify. You have to identify the very thing that you glorify. 
Because whatever we treasure more than God, whatever drives our thoughts and our actions, those things become idols. And it is those idols that if we keep them a part of our life, they begin to dull our spiritual hearing and they'll harden our hearts. I like, I love what Tim Keller said. Tim Keller put it this way. He said, an idol is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God and anything that you seek to give you what only God can give. So do me a favor right now. Think about it. Identify what you glorify. What is one idol that you may have in your life? Identify what you glorify. Here's the next thing is this number two, if you're taking notes. Number two is look up and see. Look up and see. John 5, 7 says, the sick man answered, sir, there's no one here to help me get into the pool. When the water starts moving, while I'm coming to the water, someone else always gets in before me. Here's, here's what I would say. This is, and it sounds so elementary, but you need to understand the significance of this. Once we identify the pool, now it's time to look up and see, because here's the reason why. We can't become oblivious to what should be obvious. This man is sitting here, and the obvious thing is to be able to see the one that created the water walk through him. And he can begin to have a conversation, and all of a sudden his life can be forever changed. That could be everybody there, but everybody missed it. And so for us, I would say this, we cannot become oblivious to what should be obvious. Just this last week, my business partner and I, Tim, we got a chance to go out and, and we actually had a conversation with this potential client. And we were talking about what we can offer and doing all this great stuff. And uh, in the middle of, of our conversations, he was talking about how um, he, had been, he hadn't been to the office for the last about month or two because he had been so sick. He began to tell us about his blood pressure. He's having blood pressure issues. His, he gave us his numbers. It was like two something over 140. I mean, just absolutely insane. And he said, I scheduled this meeting because I want to talk to you guys. Um, he said, but also here's the deal. I'm headed right now to the doctor to get more blood work done. And he said, can I be honest? It's, it's, it's crazy. And he began to tell us how he's had people in his family die of a heart attack. We just began to walk through it. We talked about our program. It didn't, it didn't really meet where he was in business. And so um, it was time to go. And to be honest with you, Tim and I had another appointment and we could have easily went to the next thing. I looked at Tim. He looked at me. I looked at, I looked at this guy and I said, can we do this? Can, can we just pray for a moment? I want to stop everything that we're doing. Who cares about the next client? Can, I, want, I want to believe God for healing in your body. So Tim and I began, we, we laid hands on him. We prayed the biggest prayer of faith that we could. I said amen, Tim said amen, this guy said, this business owner said amen, and with tears down his eyes, he just kept saying, thank you, Mr. Rick. Thank you, Mr. Tim. This meant the world to me. This means a lot. Can I tell you this? It, was, it could have been easy to move on, but the obvious thing was this. This man needed hope. This man needed encouragement. This man needed healing. This man needed somebody to help believe with him because he had a family who really didn't believe that. So guys, do me a favor, never, never become oblivious to what should be obvious. You got to look up and see. We got to be able to, and, and people may ask, well, how do we do that? Let me, let me give you a couple of things. I, I believe a couple of ways that can help us look up and see is number one, is begin to pray prayers like this. God, search my heart and know me. Show me things in my life that could be wrong. My son, my, both my kids came back from motion, and my son last night was the, probably the more talkative one out of the two because it was a crazy weekend. They had these kids up all night praising the Lord. It was great. And so, but my son, he was coming home, and he kept talking about what God did and what God did. And he was like, Dad, I don't know what it is, but he's like, there's like this tug in my heart. I said, 
Okay, dive into that. He goes, I don't know. It's like I walk around people and there's like this, there's like this tug. And I, don't, I don't know what it means. And he was like, I'm, I, I'm praying. I was on the bus and I was praying with that man. I'm like, God, show me what this means. God, show me what this means. God, show me what this means. And I said, I said we'll never lose that. And I said, bro, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to be tired. I said, but I want you to begin pray, to pray prayers like this. God, if, if I go one way and it's not for you, tug me in the right way. I said, I want you to keep that a part of your heart. God, if this is not for you, then tug me this way. Yes, sir, I'll do it. Yes, sir, I'll do it. So begin to pray prayers like that. Can I tell you this? I'm a big fan of accountability, huge fan of accountability. You want to be able to kind of pray these prayers or to look up and see? You need people in your life that's going to tell you no. You need people in your life that can call out certain things. I got, I got men in my life in this room that will call me out. If, if I say something, if I get out of pocket, if I say something to my wife, to my kids, they're always there to call me out. Small groups just ended this last week, but season three starts September 3rd. I promise you this, it is amazing. Get involved in a group. I added another person in my life that can help call some things out, and that's my therapist. I'm going to be honest, I don't like him, all right? And so... Uh, because he, he, when he calls it out, he doesn't call it out so nicely. You know what I'm saying? Like he just, it's like a dagger, right? And like this last like couple of weeks ago, we're talking. He's walking me through some stuff. And, and um, I said, you know, I just, I just believe the best in people, you know? you know? And I began to talk about some stuff. And he was like, that's not true. I'm like, it is true. I do believe the best in people. And he goes, here's the thing. There's a difference of being optimistic versus being naive, and you're just naive. And, I, and I, at that moment, I wanted to go, calls over and slam my computer down. You know what I'm saying? And so, but it was true. And he was like, Rick, here's the thing. When, he goes, when people do certain things, you still want to believe the best in them. And that's okay. He said, but the problem is they're showing you who they are in, they moment, in, in that moment. He said, bro, call it out for who they are and move on with your life. Quit letting them rent space in your head. And I'm like, okay, you're right. You know, <laughs> so, but I'm weeping and crying at the same time. So. So I'm telling you this, you got to find accountability in your life, okay? Look up and see. I'm going to say this too. I didn't say it first service, but I would say this. Uh, you need to look up, and I would say look up from your phones. We live in this generation. This is so technological. And so uh, can I tell you this? We're teenagers. You're missing a whole world out there. There are times when I like to go out to eat, and I'll just watch. I'm a people watcher. Anybody else people watchers? And I just watch couples, and I watch kids with their parents and stuff, and all of a sudden, they're just doing this the whole time, doing this. Parents, we're guilty too. I'm guilty of it too. I was driving home. We went and dropped off Will uh, Thursday night, and uh, he didn't leave. He had a chance to work. Kid made bank. I was like, I'm going to come work with you from now on. And so uh, kid made a lot of money, and... Um, we took them late, and I remember I'm, we're driving back, and it's like 9 o'clock, and Tiffany's like, are you, are you crying? I'm like, no, girl, it's cold. It's a cold and flu season, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, and she goes, what's wrong? And I go, I'm dropping them off, and I feel like I could still do better as a dad. I, was like, I think I'm missing it still. And in my mind, there's times where I am on my phone when they're in, the, in my presence, you know? I was like, so then we started rearranging our schedule. We'll do this on this day and this on this day and this on this day. And so as I'm preparing for this message, it was hard because I'm like, I have to look up and see. I'm going to say this for this younger generation. We're so consumed about how many followers we have or who's following us. Let's, let's try this. Let's worry about us becoming a, becoming a better follower of Jesus than how many followers we have. Come on. 
And I believe when that happens, we can, we, we can revolutionize and transform our world and our city. Number three is this, if you're taking notes, here's number three, and I'm running out of time. Number three, after you look up and see, then we have to do this. We have to obey even when. Obey even when. John uh, 5, 8 through 9 says this. Jesus said, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And immediately, immediately, the man was well. He picked up his mat, and he began to walk. Can I just be honest? This is really probably my favorite part of the story, because I want you to think about it. Sometimes whenever we read God's word, um, we can just kind of skim through it and forget that they're human. Here's what I thought. This man had never walked. That's, from, from what I could tell, it's been 38 years, his whole life. And yet one man who he doesn't know comes up and says, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. I don't know about you, but the sarcastic side of me, if that was me, I would have been like, no, you're crazy. Like, what? No, 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 no. Like, you just go to stand there with your sandals on and give me this crazy command. No, 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 I'm not doing that because I haven't done it in 38 years. How is it even possible? Can I ask you this? What, what's the last thing God told you to do? Too many times when God begins to speak to our hearts, it's so easy to, to move on because we have our own fears and insecurity and doubts. But let me ask you, what, what's the last thing God told you to do and you didn't do yet? Here's, here's what I'm a firm believer on is this, that we can only walk in the favor of God to the degree of our obedience. Let me say it again. You may want to write this down. You can only walk in the favor of God to the degree of your obedience. Somebody stopped me after service and they pulled me out and they were like, I have been ignoring God for the last three weeks. And I said, hey, listen, this is, I don't even, I, I, trust me, I, I'm, not a, I'm not looking at your Facebook or nothing. I just take it for what it is. This is God speaking to you. Here's what I've learned. The great moves of God often follow simple acts of obedience. If you want God to move in your life, do me a favor, obey even when. I've talked to some of the teenagers and even my kids coming back from, from conference, and I've told them this. Hey, guys, there's going to be things that God's going to ask you to do, and it's not going to make sense. Not going to make sense to your friends. It won't even make sense to your family. But do me a favor. Obey God even when. Teachers, I, I'm going to say this. I don't know if I can get in trouble with the school system. I don't know. But I have a lot of good friends, and I support teachers full, wholeheartedly. You guys are, to me, in my opinion, some of the most undervalued, underpaid staff people in the world. And so I want you to know from a church, we absolutely love you and adore you. We stand with you. But let me say this word to you, this. Throughout the school year, do me a favor, obey even when. When you feel God lay something on your heart for a child, obey God even when. Because I promise you this, you can, one word from you can change the trajectory of a kid. Obey God even when. Adults, obey God even when. Whatever God speaks, obey him even when. Because here's the deal, those three things align up with this. God is more interested in who you are becoming rather than what you're doing. And when we can identify what we glorify, when we can look up and see, and when we can obey God even when those three things all done together, I believe this, can bring life change and transformation in your life, and you will grow supernaturally in your walk with Jesus on your journey with him. So again, Jesus is more interested in who you are becoming rather than what you're doing. Let's bow our heads together today. You know, we 
talked a lot about, again, this is my one idea, that big, big idea today. And Rick, I'm going to be honest, I I really don't even know who Jesus is. And if I died today, I I know for sure that heaven wouldn't be my home. But I want to know today. I want to know this Jesus that you've talked about and I've heard and I've heard Pastor Brad and all the other great speakers talk about. So will you pray with me today? Because Rick, I need to know Christ today. If that's you, we're going to come together as a family and we're going to pray a prayer. Keep in mind, this prayer doesn't save you. It's the faith and the belief behind the prayer. But today, our goal is just to share the gospel. And that is this, that Jesus loves you. And God sent his son while we were still in our mess and our sin and our shame to pay the ultimate price for us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for you and for me. And today, we can say a prayer and we can invite God to be a part of our life. We can come into a relationship with him and our lives will be forever changed. So church, let's pray together today and let's believe God. Everybody say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again. Please come into my life and be my savior. Please forgive me of all my sin. Thank you for saving me, for giving your life just for me. Today, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, see you've got a big hand clap of praise for those that said that prayer. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.